Hey, hey, welcome back to episode 56 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Do you know what's really hard about summer break? It's that when you finally get on break, it's a transition period. You're so used to being like, go, 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 nonstop with 15,411 things that you need to get done that when you finally get to summer, you like plop down on your couch and you do one of four things. Maybe you feel anxious, like you don't know what to do with yourself. Maybe you suddenly come down with a random cough, a cold, a tummy bug. You sink into the couch and you can't get up for a couple of weeks, or you go to town with just overloading your calendar with events and projects or some other time-consuming activity to fit in as much as you can before summer ends. Maybe you do all of the above at some point or another in the summer. Did I hit the nail on the head for you? Have you ever considered that all of these scenarios, they're due to stress? to chronic stress. This episode is for all of my burned out teachers who are in this perpetual state of stress, who are living the same burned out year time and time again, who are wishing for summer so you can finally stress less, but when it gets here, you're frustrated because the stress just doesn't go away. I don't want you to feel a ball of nerves, stressed to the max, and I can bet because you're here, you don't want that either. You're ready to say sayonara to stress and live your best hot teacher summer and beat burnout for good this time. That's why in today's episode, we're going to chat about why stress causes some of these reactions in the summer and the three ways that you can stress less so you can get out of living the same burned out year time and time again. So what do you say? You ready to live your best teacher life? Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to Moira, a listener of the podcast, for reaching out on Instagram. She sent me a message and she said, you just broke me out of my Instagram slump because I had to tell you about my experience listening to your podcast. I found it a month or two ago and I thought, yes, a podcast that I can listen to for as long as I want because she's still releasing episodes and I'm just starting. Well, I may or may not have totally binged it, and it's been absolutely amazing. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Don't worry in a good way. It's made me nod and say, oh, yeah, that's totally me at random out loud in public with my AirPods in. The only problem with binging your podcast, unfortunately for me, means that I'm all caught up, and now I have to wait for new episodes. Please keep doing what you're doing. Y'all, this message literally made my whole day, and y'all may not know this about me, but I am not a crier, and I bawled when I got this message. And I want each of you to know that it means the world to me that you guys listen to this podcast, that you take the time to invest in yourself each week and you send me messages and leave reviews because each of these things truly supports the podcast and it helps get these messages into the ear holes of more teachers who need it. 
So if you haven't done so already, please just take a quick moment, leave a review, share one of your favorite episodes in your Instagram stories, or just send me a message on Instagram and chat with me. So we can leave this breadcrumb trail for other burned out teachers out there who need a reminder that they're not alone, that we're in this together, and that there is support and tools that we can use to live our best teacher life. Terry Gilmitz once said, stress is the trash of modern life. We all generate it, but if you don't dispose of it properly, it's going to pile up and overtake your life. And that is so true. Unresolved stress, even if you're a teacher who gets a summer break, if you don't dispose of it, it's going to come back and bite you in the rear end. We need rest in the summer, but stress, stress doesn't know rest. Its impact on our body, it lingers. Even in those moments of supposed tranquility, silently, it's eroding our well-being. So how does stress continue to impact us over summer break? Well, first, have you ever noticed that straight from school? No, it's not because your kids are super germy or your Aunt Sally had the COVID. It's actually because stress impacts your immune system. You see, the stress hormone cortisol, it suppresses immune function. And so when we finally unwind and we slow down, Our bodies have this sudden decrease in stress hormones, which causes the immune system to kind of take a chill pill too, which then it can't fight off infections and illnesses the way it normally can. Then you're drinking NyQuil or you're spending a few days in the bathroom suffering from a tummy bug. And that's no fun. And hey, I want you to know if you're sick in bed today or you just feel like overall blah, like you might be catching something, the first six years of my teaching career, I got everything, literally every bug known to human man twice a year. Needless to say, like I was a steaming pile of cortisol and adrenaline, and that turned into me walking, talking, breathing cesspool of sickness. So it's not just you, boo. Another phenomenon that happens for teachers during breaks is experiencing increased anxiety. So maybe you're one of those teachers you're excited to binge your favorite Netflix series, not grade a single paper while you do it, and just literally watch a show curl up with your weighted blanket. And if you have one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you sit down, you flip on the TV, and all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, I need to do something. I just, I don't feel right. Like something's wrong. Like, have you ever just sat down and thought to yourself, I feel like I should be doing something or like I'm forgetting something when you finally take a breath? I know I have. And still to this day, like I struggle to just chill, to relax, to just be bored because I've lived in a constant state of stress for a really long time. And you probably have too. Or maybe your brain has already caught on to this song and dance. So it anticipates that anxiety it will feel. So instead of feeling like uncomfortable, you're over committing. You're like over planning every piece of your summer break with activities and projects. So you never really have a chance to sit down and rest. Either one of those scenarios, that's indicative of an overactive stress response system that's become accustomed to the demands and pressures of our teaching profession. When the constant stressors and the adrenaline-fueled routine suddenly come to a halt, it can leave us feeling uneasy anxious, unable to just sit and be bored. This overactive stress response can manifest in several ways, like you're raising thoughts and constant worry. Maybe it's flooded with thoughts about maybe these unfinished tasks or future lesson plans or concerns about the upcoming school year. So it can be challenging to really quiet your mind and find that sense of calm when you're used to being on the go. It can also be like restlessness, the inability to relax. That shift 
from the fast-paced environment to a slower, more relaxed one, that can shock your nervous system. So it's uncomfortable to slow down and then embrace those activities, that restful time, because your body and your mind, they're used to being in this state of constant activity, anticipation. Or you might have a sense of emptiness, purposelessness. Teaching is one of those jobs that can often provide us with this strong sense of purpose. During breaks, when that sense of purpose is kind of like temporarily removed, you can experience like a void, a lack of direction. So naturally, you're going to feel anxious, restless, because you're trying to figure out how to navigate, how to fill your time and find that meaning outside of the classroom. And the last scenario I want to discuss is maybe you're the opposite of this and you literally have no energy. Maybe you're just like a complete couch potato that's having difficulty even just peeling yourself up from your comfy weighted blanket just to get the mail or to take the dog outside. Feeling depleted of energy, lacking motivation during breaks, that's another really common experience for teachers who've been dealing with that chronic stress. This state of exhaustion it can manifest as these physical or mental fatigues, making it challenging to find that energy to just engage in simple tasks. Maybe this began in the school year, but now you really have literally no reason to get up because, duh, summer break and your body's telling you, I need rest. And you know, any of these reactions or ways of being in the summer, there's nothing wrong with you just because you're a human trying to get by, trying to survive. I'm never going to say, look, you got yourself here, so suck it up, buttercup. That's just not my philosophy. I don't believe that people who are in a constant state of stress, of overwhelm, need someone to say, well, just don't think like that. Because we all know that's like the absolute worst way to get someone out of stress. In fact, if you told me to suck it up because I'm stressed out, I'm liable to get more stressed out because I want to knock you in the head. You know what I'm saying? It's similar to when someone's upset or crying and you tell them, oh, just calm down. Like when has that ever worked? Don't answer that. It hasn't. What I'm trying to do by sharing this with you is make you have one of those light bulb moments like, oh crap, the stress that I'm feeling throughout my school year, it really is impacting me even when I'm outside of the classroom, even when I'm doing my own thing during summer months, because the sad and ugly truth is the overload of stress, it doesn't go away just because you've stepped out of those doors for the summer. I'm telling you this because I want you to be aware. Your brain's already created these pathways that have adapted to the stress, and now it sees that as normal. And as soon as you step out of your sense of routine, your brain's like, wait a dang minute, where's the cortisol? And either it like shuts down and goes on vacay, or you feel really anxious and your brain tries to recreate an environment or a scenario that's going to give it that fix of adrenaline, that fix of cortisol that it's used to. It's an addiction to stress, which we've talked about in previous episodes. I used to be so addicted to creating these illegitimate stressors for myself. Like I'd make these exhaustive and unrealistic to-do lists. I made myself think that everything was a priority and a necessity, which led me to being in survival mode. And you might be there too. And just know that opening your eyes and realizing, yep, that's it. That is what's going to help you. But you know what that all that is doing? All that chasing after stress, it's not allowing yourself to rest or be bored. And it's stealing your joy. It's stealing your ability to be present. 
Do you want to keep living this way? My guess is that you're listening to me. You don't want to keep doing this rinse, dry, repeat cycle anymore. You want to live your best hot teacher summer life, right? So here are three ways that you can start stressing less this summer and bring these habits into the new school year in the fall. Number one, I want you to do like a little a la carte deal. Instead of going all in to one of those scenarios, I want you to take a little bit of each and make them work for your nervous system because balance is the key. Instead of over planning, create limits to how much you're going to do this summer. Now, here's the kicker. Each one of us are very different. And so any of the strategies that I tell you, they're effective but they're effective at different levels. So knowing your personality type, your values, all of that is truly the key here. And I have tons of episodes on why this is important and how to do this, but knowing who you are at your core, that's going to help you find that balance and create those limits. Don't just sit there and tell yourself that you can build a deck and travel the entire world and paint your kitchen cabinets and take a trip to Disney World on your own and start a dog Pilates club, even though you don't have a dog, you've never tried Pilates, and you don't even know anyone who would be interested in such a very niche activity. That may be what you want to do, but we have to create these unique limits to us. Which one of those things is going to make you feel most accomplished? Which are your priorities And then you can start scheduling in some tentative things on your calendar that makes you feel like you can truly enjoy the activities instead of just trying to check off more boxes because that's what you're used to doing as a teacher, checking off boxes to get things done and never truly enjoying the activity. Do you get what I'm saying? Start out doing one thing at a time and truly allow yourself to enjoy one activity. And space them out. Like this method's going to get you off the couch. If you're, you know, the exhausted couch potato, it's going to cause you to slow down a little and smell the roses if you're an over planner. And it's also going to give you that space to rest, which more could help, you know, boost your immune system rather than shut it down, which is important as well. This might look like how my friend Sam gives her a herself like a week to transition in the summer. So she plans absolutely nothing. She takes that full week to really rest after the school year. But then she has this plan that, okay, this week's my rest week. And then I can get started tackling some of the things that I want to accomplish over summer break. The second thing that I want you to do is I want you to get comfortable sitting in silence. In our family, we call this getting comfy in the board. And it's also one of the paths in burnout recovery roadmap. Prioritize pause. If you can't even stop to just sit without any stimulation whatsoever for five to 10 minutes, your nervous system, it's probably overloaded. It's constantly searching for another hit of adrenaline or cortisol, and it's not easy to just sit because we're constantly stimulated by content. We have our phones all the time, even when we're not working, so we're scrolling and we don't let ourselves be bored. So I want you to try carving out a little time in your summer day to just sit and truly be present. I'm not saying you have to meditate, although that's a truly effective practice if you can get into it, but I'm saying just sitting on your porch, no phone, no distraction, just listening to the birds chirp or noticing the ways the blades of grass flow with the wind. Find a serene spot. It can be outdoors, indoors. Just take time to initiate being present, noticing how you feel, what you see, what you taste, so you can get back into your body. What does this mean? It means you're getting yourself out 
of autopilot. You're allowing your body and your brain the rest that it needs without shocking it into turning completely off. Your brain, it's been on cruise control. It's going 90 miles an hour in a 60 mile an hour zone for far too long. You've been rushing to get to your destination, but now that you're here, you have to enjoy that. So now it's time to take a back road, the scenic route, so you can stop letting life pass you by. So you can actually see the destination and experience the destination because you've been wanting that since the second day of school or maybe even sooner, right? The slowing down and being present thing, this is an evidence-based way to reduce those stress levels and it maintains the lower cortisol level if you consistently have a way to find that back road, if you slow it down to a city limit instead of just the interstate. If you intentionally say, hey, I'm going to take a detour down the scenic route before I hop back onto the freeway again, you're essentially training your brain to regulate and stop working at such a high functioning rate. The last thing I want you to do this summer to begin stressing less is to start setting some boundaries around your time and around your energy. I kind of touched on this in the first method, but it's super easy during the school year to fall into being the go-to in your department or on your hall or in your school building. And oftentimes we think, okay, I'll do better next year. The only better time to start setting boundaries other than yesterday is today. And you may have heard me say this before, but if you've been in a perpetual state of stress, your people-pleasing tendencies, your overachieving mindset, these things come out to protect you, to compensate for the levels of stress that you're experiencing. They become more pronounced. They come out to play. And if you start getting stressed out and you try to compensate with one of these things and you don't intentionally set those boundaries to avoid the overuse of these qualities, you're going to end up back at square one. So really coming up with these energetic and personal boundaries, that's getting you into the practice of prioritizing yourself during this new school year. So a friend hits you up. You already have a lot planned for the week ahead and you feel like you're not getting in the rest that you need. Practice setting that boundary where maybe you choose a better time for yourself. Hey, I don't have a lot going on in two weeks. Want to reschedule for that week? Don't overextend yourself just because you're used to that. Don't be so quick to push a lot into a short amount of time and instead prioritize what is most important. If spending time with friends is most important, by all means, take that dinner date. But take something off of your plate and get used to removing things or moving things around instead of piling them on all on by creating those limits, by creating those boundaries to your time and your energy so you can prevent yourself from falling back into the cycle of stress and overextension. It's crucial to really intentionally set those boundaries, allowing yourself to prioritize what truly matters to you. When someone asks you for your time and involvement, I want you to practice pausing assessing your own needs and your priorities before you give your answer. Practice saying no when it's necessary. Communicate your boundaries assertively yet kindly. Remember, setting those boundaries, it's not about being selfish. It's about taking care of yourself and ensuring that you have the capacity to be present, to be engaged in the things that are important to you. By setting those boundaries, you're sending this powerful message to yourself and to others that your well-being matters. You're reclaiming 
your control over your time, your energy. You're reducing the risk of overextension. You're fostering a healthier work-life balance. So as you practice setting boundaries this summer, you're going to establish this foundation for prioritizing yourself in the new school year. You're going to gain that confidence in making choices that really align with your needs, your goals, your values, and you're going to create the space for meaningful connections, for rest, for rejuvenation. Essentially, what I'm telling you is don't fall in to going all into one of these scenarios like I talked about. Instead, I want you to start practicing some really simple ways to prioritize your pause this summer so you have these habits and these skills moving into the new year. If you're looking for more support, accountability, community this summer, and using this time to really foster this burnout-proof lifestyle, maybe learn some new innovative strategies or continue prioritizing pause and personal care, I highly recommend checking out the events that I'm a part of this summer. There are a few small fee conferences and a lot of free summits that are going to help you find those other teachers who are on the same journey as you. You can learn from professionals like me with amazing tips and strategies. And each event is completely unique and just going to be tons of fun. Obviously, I'm most excited for the third annual Summer Self-Care Conference, which is coming up July 21st through the 23rd. You can get on the wait list to get your free ticket, um, but you can head over and check out all of the events at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash events or grab the link in the show notes at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash episode 56. All in all, I want you to use this time you have this summer as a tool to strategize your unique burnout recovery. Have that support, that validation to make a lasting change. If you're still needing some concrete steps to make this change or you need additional support along the way, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz and get your free roadmap to teacher burnout recovery. That's going to give you your unique steps to breaking your unique burnout cycle. What I know for certain is this. You don't have to keep living on this hamster wheel year after year. You don't have to keep experiencing this chronic stress. It's easy to get stressed in our jobs as teachers. We've got a lot going on and so many plates spinning, but what we do with the time that we have during our breaks, that is the key for not allowing that stress to accumulate and impact us long-term. If you're interested in learning more, check out the show notes for the links for everything that we talked about here today. And if you don't, you know where I'm going to meet you right back here on the Resilient Teacher podcast next week. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.